Hi, I'm Levi Coons, and welcome to the Hunting Game Podcast. If you're anything like me, you live for the outdoors all year long. Join us as we discuss hunting, fishing, shooting, and really anything outdoors. It's definitely going to be a good time. Sit back and get ready, because it's game time. What is up, Hunting Game crowd? Thanks for coming again. This one's coming in a little bit late, but... That's all right. At least it's getting out there. It has been an absolute doozy of a month, and it has flown by. And here we are. We are one less than one week from the opener of dove season, and I am excited. So I'm coming at you solo this morning because, frankly, everybody is just about as busy as me. And I've been crazy busy, which when you're self-employed, that's a good problem to have. But it's been a little overwhelming. Connor not being in here, just running solo, doing what I got to do. But, you know, I, I can't I can't miss this. So I'm excited to be back. I just, every week I feel like there's so much to talk about. But I want to do everybody, you know, I don't know if it's a favor or not, but this one's going to be a little bit shorter than normal. At least that's the plan right now. Um, and then... Uh, Graham and I, Jake and I have been talking, we have been thinking about coming to you live next week from the Dove Field. So next Thursday is opening day, September 1st, and we've got some plans set already. Hopefully, uh, hopefully get out to our good spot for opening morning. There's somebody else that hunts there, so hopefully they have a real job and don't get to go on opening morning of dove season. And it happens to be the day that Graham's off work every every uh, week. So it just works out. I'm excited to get back out there. And I've yet to get in the squirrel woods. I've yet to pick up the 22 to go shoot squirrels. I have been shooting my bow, though. I got got me a lane mode out back here behind my shop. And I've got uh, a good, you know, life lifelike 3D deer target out there to practice on. So I've been out there getting shooting. You know, the first time I broke my bow out this year, I slapped my arm with the string. I have not done that in a long time, but I did. Dogs over here scratching an itch. Because, you know, there's no better time to do it than a time you can be loud when you're not supposed to. (laughs) It's all right. She doesn't know. See, I'm not solo this week. I got my dog with me. Got my dog on the podcast. If only she could talk. She's a hoot. I got a little red healer. Her name's Possum. And everybody looks at us funny. She looks just like a fox, like spot on identical to a fox. But we named her Possum because when we first got her, she went, obviously when she was a puppy, she had a like pink nose. And at nighttime, I'd take her out to go to the bathroom at night when it was dark and I'd shine my flashlight because she used to be scared of the dark when she was a puppy. So I'd have to shine a flashlight and uh, she looked just like a possum. Now, I don't think she's really afraid of anything. Fantastic dog. Love her to death. Maybe I could train her to be a dove retriever. That'd be something, wouldn't it? She'd probably do it. She's not obviously not a retriever breed, but I'm sure I could probably train her to do it. That'd be a good time. But <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, a lot going on. Uh, we're we're growing pretty significant. Instagram following is is pretty impressive. Uh, we're continuing to grow. And, and once again, 
I want to see the emails blow up. You know, the numbers are going up. Instagram following's going up. But I want I want to get some emails. I like interacting with the with the audience. And uh, we actually had a big thing this week. I for the first time, uh, the Hunting Game podcast was a featured commercial on multiple other podcasts. So I got to hear a little Hunting Game plug on other podcasts. That was super awesome. Hopefully, brings us in a, a good crowd. I'm excited to share everything. And if you guys send us any emails, we can get into the deepness of what you want to discuss. And, you know, I've had a lot of people contact me either via email or, you know, people that know me call me and like, whoa, dude, like I, I've learned so much. I had a really good buddy that's going to be on uh, soon, as soon as his schedule allows. Um, he he started hunting, I think last year was his first year and he got hooked. He got hooked big time. And uh, he, when when we took a little sabbatical from the podcast, he called me multiple times like, dude, when is your show going to be on? Like, not only does it motivate me, not only does it keep me going, but he's like, I have learned so much. He's like, I have changed my hunting strategies so much. You know, no offense to the guys that he learned with, but the guys that he learned with were kind of novice hunters. Not all of them. Some of them were better. Um and like I said, nothing against them. They're all kind of learning together, but there's, it was more of like a, the style they learned to hunt was kind of, um, I don't know. It was just a, it was, it was just a different style of hunting. Um, more of a relaxed, if it happens, it happens type of hunting and less of a go out there and get them type of hunting. So that was cool hearing that from him. He, he'll be on soon. Um, but he was super excited to have it back. But anyways, like I, people keep telling me they're learning from the show and not only just enjoying it, but learning things, making themselves better hunters. And that's what I want. That's what, like, that's my main goal. Um, <clears throat> my other goal is just to, you know, make buddies, make friends, enjoy talking about it. I hope God willing one day that I could just have a career focused on hunting and fishing. And that's, that's what we all dream about, right? If you're here, I'm sure you dream about the same thing, but I've got a lot of plans. Uh, I'd like to do some traveling to hunt and make it dual purpose. Take my, my family and my kids and, and, uh, take some vacations, but also get to do a little hunting and fishing. So, and like I said, if we, you know, we're talking about coming live from the Dovefield next week, that's the benefit of our podcast equipment is I can run at 100% off battery power. So I don't have to be in the podcast room. So I think we are going to give it a shot. I, it obviously kind of makes me nervous taking this equipment out in the field, but yeah, it's worth it. It would be super cool. I do have to look into the rules on gunshots on a podcast i also want to blow up my microphones because we're shooting so we'll have have to we've got some considerations before we actually go for it but it is a thought i do have a couple podcasts planned um in the near future i've talked to some new guests and got some new things planned um obviously working around other people's schedules and everybody's schedule seems to be crazy, but I've got a couple podcasts planned of like out of the podcast room. I'm talking about doing a deer camp podcast live around the fire, obviously not live, live, but we'll be live around the fire hanging out. So I'm excited about that. I got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to be excited about. Um, but before I get into dove hunting, I've had a, a heck of a time with my trail cameras this year. 
having fun, but um, I've got one camera that every night I have, apparently I have a family of raccoons, raccoons, coons, uh, living in the tree that my, my camera's in because they're, uh, constantly like crawling over my camera. Like I'll get a little hair. I know I talked about it on one of the shows already, but literally one of my cameras every night I get some hair and then I'll get a black picture. And then the other day they, they messed up my camera. Now it's crooked and my OCD is about to drive me insane. But I also like told myself I was going to stay off that property until deer season at this point. Cause we're, we're, we're actually almost within a month. We're five weeks out from deer season, which is crazy blows my mind, but we're, we're so close. So, um, but yeah, we've we've got four cameras set up on this particular property. Somehow, my cameras were pretty active, uh, at least the one. We started out, I put one camera up back like three months ago because I kind of like to watch the progression into the season. <clears throat> but me and dad went down there two weekends ago, got four cameras put up, and his cameras have been loaded with... Uh, deer mainly does a couple bucks here and there one really nice buck has been passing by his camera one that was originally on my camera but he has transferred over to dad's and our cameras are basically at either stands that we have or travel paths where they pretty much have to go to those stands so there's that i i hope those bucks kind of hang around and um, I, I'm kind of try to, I've kind of been compiling data from the past couple years. I, 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 something I never really thought about or never looked into or never paid attention to that. Now I've heard a few different reports of it. Um, side note, I want to thank that guest cricket we have in the background. He's somewhere in this room and he's making all kinds of noise. I'm sure you guys can hear that, <laughs> but anyways, um, I, uh, there he is, guest star, guest star Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> but uh, I, I learned, I've learned more about this one year rule about statistically following the data from past years. And I'm intrigued now that I know about it and I've kind of put some stuff together. I'm kind of going back two years because, like, it's hard to base it off one year, but. I also don't have all my pictures saved from years beyond. But uh, this year, I'm taking some time to actually put down some dates and times and try to use my cameras to my advantage to more so develop a pattern preseason. And maybe, maybe I can really put some numbers down on, you know, when my best odds are. I mean, and this is kind of new to me because I was always you know, weather, wind, and natural, I guess, uh, I guess biology, ecology of the field, learning the deer that way and seeing them with my own eyes and kind of strategizing, making moves, making changes. And now with cameras, I can kind of eliminate some of that presence. And I can also kind of adventure around to other stands that don't have cameras and kind of do my thing on those you know, watching deer and movement and everything. But the cameras kind of allow me to make that 
that switch and that change. And um, I think that this year I can put a lot more time into it and hopefully make the make some progress and I'd like to get a nice buck. I really want to get another buck with my bow this year and I'm hoping I can get on a nice one. I've got two two different bucks on my camera that are mainframe tens. Healthy deer. Looking good. I've got plenty of I say plenty of does. I think four or five does, separate does, trying to watch patterns on their bodies and stuff. I've got a couple yearlings. I've had a lot of coyotes, though. That's kind of got me bothered. But I'm hoping the bucks will hang around. Last year, like right mid-October, middle October, um, both properties I hunt went buck wild, I guess you could say. They went nuts. There was bucks I hadn't seen. Bucks in and out of there, bucks, there was multiple bucks I saw one time, and that was it. And then there was also multiple bucks that I'd see, like, through the week, come to the weekend, they're gone. There was one buck in particular that I had, like, I had him targeted. That was the one I wanted. And uh, I was I was honed in on him. That He was, I, I've never really had a particular target buck, like that buck that I want. Last year I did, and um, he, I just he disappeared. Come time, like when I got, I had a, he had, I had picture after picture after picture of him back and forth, back and forth past this tree. I mean, it was like nine a.m., seven p.m. You know, right in those prime times, day after day after day, disappeared. I'm like, well, he definitely got shot. Like guarantee it he's done and i didn't pull my cameras right away i kind of just like let my batteries die instead of pulling my cameras out when i normally would i kind of just let them go into the the cool down of when you know into the first of the year just kind of one let the deer calm down after the big season <clears throat> but also um i just wanted to keep an eye on things see who survived who you know whatever and Believe it or not, I think like the end of January, so well out of season, that buck showed back up on camera, on that same camera. So it was like, well, he's probably traveling to another property during the rut, but maybe I can focus more on getting there early season this year and honing in on him. And I don't know if he's there or not, because I don't have a camera out on that property yet, but he's a doozy. And... Uh, I had five, you know, five or six, maybe more pictures of him, really good quality pictures that would have been a 10 yard shot, chip shot, exactly where I shot my doe last year, piece of cake. He was right there. So if he, if he shows up while I'm there, I got him. <clears throat> In fact, one, there was one day last year where two hours before the sun came up, he passed my stand going one way. Every time I got pictures of him, he passed going one way, and a few hours later passed going back the other way, like, you know, to and from bedding area. And so he passed that morning. I was like, all right, like game on. Here we go. Snuck in there as quiet as I could be, you know, took my good open routes. Like, all right, perfect. I got snuck in here. No disturbance. I didn't jump nothing up. Perfect. 
never came back by. In fact, that must have been, like, that was the last day I got a picture of him. So I don't think I spooked him, but he just slithered on out of there. So I don't know. I hope I can. Uh, that's the, I'm, I, I plan on talking about dove hunting today, but I get into that stuff and I just get too excited. I just love deer hunting. That's my favorite. If you couldn't tell, that's my, that's my, it's my thing. Like deer hunting is my, it's where my heart, my heart is, my heart and soul, but I love to hunt everything. I saw a TikTok the other day and there's this guy like sitting on the porch, like shaking and not really shaking, but he's just like rocking real fast and kind of in a bad mood. And his wife's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, I haven't killed anything in forever. And the wife laughs and she's like, you'll be like, it's almost season. Just take, it's like, we're fiends for it. You know, <laughs> that sounds bad, but it's true. I, I'm a, I'm hopelessly and happily addicted to this sport hunting, especially, especially deer hunting. But I'm excited uh, about dove season this year. And uh, tell you what, I'm going to take a quick break. I've got some stuff I got to check on, do real quick. And then we are going to move right into the dove talk. I got a few points I want to cover and just talk about a, a few things, you know, I've got planned for this year. So while we uh, take our quick break, which won't be a very long break for you, you could send us an email at huntinggamepodcast at gmail.com. Huntinggamepodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram, huntinggamepodcast. Like, give us a like, give us a follow, comment on our pictures. Um, if you want to get on the show, send us an email. That's the best way to do it. I got a few questions we send back to our to people that want to be on. You know, one, make sure you're a good fit. And two, just get to know a little bit about you so we're not running in the dark. And then um, we're also on Patreon, so check that out. That's a great way to support our show. We are in the process of developing some some merch and some hats, some shirts and stuff. So um, the every, you know, our patrons on Patreon are going to get first chance at all that stuff. And that's just, uh, one way to, you know, give back to our followers. And I can't just send shirts to everybody, you know what I mean? So if you, you know, check out our Patreon, if you become a patron, that's where you're going to get your perks. Uh, I'm going to start releasing shows early before everybody else. Basically, as soon as I get done editing or recording, most of these I don't even edit anymore, but basically as soon as I get done recording, I'm going to post it on Patreon. That's going to be pretty cool. And also outtakes the stuff. I, the, the, the pre-release show that I'm going to put on Patreon is unedited, 100%. Sometimes gets wild. <laughs> but anyways, check all those things out, and uh, we are excited you're here. And we will be back in just a minute. Welcome back. It was a longer break than I expected, but got stuff to do. So anyways, I'm back. Um, and we're going to move right into, uh, prepping for dove season. We're so close. I, uh, I met, well, I didn't meet with, I talked with Graham on the phone here for, oh, probably a half an hour, kind of coming up with our opening day plan. So it looks like next Thursday morning, day one, 
we're going to get at it and I'm excited. He's excited. We're going to, we're going to rock and roll. So I have, I've been acquiring, Graham and I have been acquiring dove decoys for quite a while. And there was a point in time, I mean, when we were younger, it was, it was a heck of a purchase to buy one mojo. And we started out with one mojo, which we had an old uh, veteran hunter we met. We were hunting some public ground one day. He's like, you guys have got to get a mojo. It's a game changer. I'm like, well, okay. You know, we were decoy free hunting. We were just going out there with guns, setting up and waiting. And I got to say, since we got a mojo, it's been an absolute game changer. And we got some still decoys. And when we were younger, we destroyed quite a bit of still decoys. <laughs> Those doves like to fly right into that little flock. So, uh, and you know, sometimes got lazy, they got left out, but Hey, this year and, and last year I couldn't get decoys. They were all sold out. So I went ahead and ordered them earlier in the year. And, uh, <clears throat> so this year we have like four or five mojos. I got the new avian X dove decoy. I'm excited to see that thing in action. It looks really nice. So hopefully that works well. I've got, uh, a new uh, wooden dove call. I got uh, some ground flickers. The ground flickers are something I've wanted to try for a long time. And it's been like I had a bunch of people say how, how great they were for them, which you know how it is in the hunting industry. Like no matter what it is, everybody's going to say it's it's a game changer. You know, it's so good. So I'll update you on that. We're going to hunt the same property that we hunted the last hunt on last year. So uh we'll we should see some results. Last year the way we set up, we just were getting sky bombed by doves. I mean, they were just so high up and and we're used to lower flying doves and just couldn't get a good shot on them. So I am I did get a new choke this year to take to that property in case they are flying high and swap chokes out in the old shotgun, but uh we're going to set up a little bit better of a decoy spread and move around a little bit. And like I said, I should, uh, we should have some pretty good data on whether or not that the, the flickers work. And, um, the main thing we messed up on last year was simply that like we were set up too close to a wood line, which was great for camouflage, but they would come over our heads and land in our decoys before we got the chance. And the grass was too tall to, like, see what they were doing. Like, get yourself prepared, you know. So we we had a rough go at it. But that was the first first time we dove hunted on the new property we got permission on. So I think we're going to go at it with a little different approach this year. I think we'll have some good luck and kind of spread things out and move us a little bit. We're going to set up a blind and just get better set up for it so hopefully hopefully we have some good results thursday morning i'm craving some dove breast which if you got any good dove breast recipes send them in the email once again hunting game podcast at gmail.com i personally i always love just taking that whole breast and setting it on the grill and then just peeling that meat off the bone but some of the best dove breast i ever had uh, was uh, my professor in college made them for us um, just for a couple guys one evening. He took a bunch of dove breasts that were cut off the bone and had them like shish kebobbed, soaked in teriyaki, and we cooked them over the open fire. Oh, my Lord, those were good. I like wrapping them in bacon too, but at the same time, I'm hit or miss on the bacon wrap thing because 
I like the taste of the Dove. Bacon kind of changes the flavor profile. So I'm not really necessarily in need of uh, the bacon wrap, but it is good. So, yeah, if you got any good Dove recipes, send them our way. I'd love to try them out. Hopefully this year we get some doves so we can try them out. Last year was a bad year, and my son was quite a bit younger last year. I didn't have a lot of time. I was working and used to at my old job. Dove season was like prime time for for building fence. So we were busy. I was getting off late and just want to spend time with my kids. I didn't have time to get out and dove hunt a lot last year. So hopefully this year, now that I'm self-employed, get out more times and Hopefully have some luck. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to eat some dove. But I yeah, I'm gathering all my equipment. I uh shot the old shotgun the other day, made sure it was all good and clean and ready to go. I've got all the biggest thing we've been guilty of it before is just put new batteries in all your decoys at the beginning of season. Put all new batteries in and I take enough batteries in my pack to recharge all my decoys because some days we'll go out and hunt for you know hours and hours and i've ran them dead before so always take extra batteries i would like i said suggest enough batteries for all of them and just go ahead and put new batteries in i mean fyi you can get on amazon and get like a hundred pack of double a batteries for next to nothing now they may not be the best batteries out there they may not be the best trail cam batteries i use them in my trail cameras i'll just say it but they'll work fine for your decoys and it's worth putting new batteries in every time and i know somebody will probably come at me like oh well if you buy good batteries you don't have to do that like well yeah fine but you know it happens so i like to just put fresh batteries in and you know uh check all your decoys last year we had two uh wings which on the mojos like magnet click on <clears throat> and we had two sets of wings that the magnets, where they're, they're just sitting, I don't know if it's the winter or the hot summer or what, but the magnets, the glue had let go. So we get out there and set them up, and like every 10 minutes, one of our mojos would drop a wing, and that throws everything off. So it's like, ugh. So check, just ch go over your decoys. It's not hard to do. It takes, you know, 10 minutes. I can go through go over all of them, make sure everything has new batteries, which... This year, I'm probably going to have like a hundred pack of batteries just in decoys, <laughs> so I got to keep an eye on that. But yeah, gather your equipment. If you're anything like me, most of my dove equipment sits on the shelf 90% of the year. It gets all dusty, dirty, nasty. I just, I'm, you know, be prepared. Clean everything, wipe everything down, make sure they work, you know, check, make sure you got all your stands and all your parts to your decoys, put the wings on. Just go through a process. Everything's kind of a process when it comes to hunting. Like, if you spend your time prepping for the hunt, you're going to enjoy the hunt a lot more. Nobody likes to go out and hunt and things go wrong. It goes with fishing, too, you know. I hate when I go fish a tournament and I didn't prepare for it and things go wrong. So it's like I would much rather be over-prepared and, and have a smooth day than be under-prepared. So... It's just my suggestion. I Go for the over-prepared. It's not going to hurt anything. It's just going to make your day go smoother. So, you know, same thing with dove hunting. Get your stuff ready. Now, I know dove hunting is a little different than deer and, well, really anything because it's like, it's more of like a camaraderie type event, you know, like me and the buddies go sit in a field in a chair and wait for the doves to fly. And it's a great time. 
which where we're at, we're actually um, statistically in one of the best flyways in the state of Indiana for, for morning doves. So I've noticed this year throughout the summer, the amount of doves that we have seen has been really significant. Like I've seen significantly more doves this year than I have in years. So hopefully that's a good sign. The property we hunt is just like five, 10 minutes from my house. So maybe probably less than that, really. It's like two minutes from my house. So we're kind of right in that same flyway. There's a lot of farms around here, a lot of um, hay farmers, row crop farmers, cattle farms, a lot of uh, like good expensive hay, you know, like millet, alfalfa, you know, good grain pastures. Um, if you know what I mean, you know, wheat, there's a lot of wheat this year, which it's obviously gone, but there's a lot of food sources around here for doves that really keep them coming. So it's a good area for dove hunting. I, I, I'm not going to say it's the best in the state. I don't know. I haven't really traveled dove hunted around any places besides kind of like my hometown area. And it's really something I just got into five, six years ago, but it got me hooked quick because it's just, like I said, it's the camaraderie of it. Just hanging out with the buddies and shooting some doves. And the first time I ate a dove, that's where it really hooked me. I was like, whoa, that's that's delicious. That's incredible. So, the, you know, another thing is, and I already said that I did it, but shoot your shotgun. Um, one, it keeps you from that anticipation. You know, for some guys, it's the only time they'll bust out a 12-gauge or, you know, semi-automatic shotgun, pump shotgun, whatever, just a bird gun. And you need to practice your lead. Go shoot some trap. Go shoot some skeet. I don't care which. I never got into the science of of which one was better for what. I like to do both. I like to shoot a little skeet, a little bit of trap. Um, just kind of keep me well-rounded, get my lead set up. You know, you got to lead these birds, especially, you know, extremes of the day. Um, you know, early in the morning, late in the evening, these things can be flying wicked fast. Uh, so you, you gotta be prepped to shoot. You want to make good shots. My, my thing is, is only take the shots where you're confident that you're going to kill the bird. I don't want to wound any birds. I do not. And, you know, all our, you know, public ground in the state, we have to use, uh, well, non-toxic shot. And personally, I don't know if there's any of you steel shot guys out there. I have, I cannot stand steel shot. Now the bismuth and tungsten and all that's really gets expensive, but I have personally shot doves like close range, good shot, blasted them with a steel shot. And then they get back up and take off. I don't what. That ain't right, man. I I do not. I'm not a steel shot fan. So your call on what you want to shoot. I don't like steel shot. I feel like the put down power is significantly less. And I'm sure I can look into the statistics of that. And I will. But I'm not a steel shot fan. Um, So with that, go buy your ammunition because you don't want to be trying to buy. Last year, we didn't get to hunt public ground at all because... We couldn't find enough ammo to go hunt public ground. Like we had, mainly it didn't justify it. We didn't go drive to public ground and hunt because we didn't have enough legal shot to shoot doves on public ground. It's just like, it's not good. 
Um, so that stuff will be, I, you know, everybody knows how it's going nowadays. It's, it's tough to find. It's always tougher every day, it seems like. So go ahead and get your shot if you can. And with a check, just go ahead and read over the regulations for the year. You never know if one little thing changed. Read them over. Go through them. Make sure you're doing it legal. Um, those regulations are out there not only to keep us safe, but also to work on the population, you know, maintain and manage the population of the doves. Um, it goes for everything, all small game, big game. It doesn't matter. Read the regulations and follow them because one, nobody wants to pay a fine. Nobody wants a ticket. Nobody wants to be on the bad side of old green pants. And I want to, I mean, they they are, they have these regulations. Most of them, I know some of them get political, but most of the regulations are simply the best fit practice that they think is right for the given species that you're planning to hunt so check those regulations read on it read up on them and make sure you're you're doing it legal make sure you're playing within the law nobody wants to be in trouble i know i don't want to be i got too much going on to be in trouble with that and i love to hunt too much nothing is worth worth losing your your license over so yeah you know guys that's the most important thing in my opinion make sure you're doing it right so with that i'm going to take a quick break i'll be right back we'll get into some some meat and gravy meat and potatoes graham would be excited if he was here we'll be right back guys back again i'm back again so on this part, this is probably the last part before we get out of here, but I wanted to get more into like some education, um, uh, you know, some, some of the intense stuff, things that I use. So I talked earlier about, you know, my choke choice that I always go with. So years ago, I always used like a full choke uh, for dove hunting because like, yeah, I want to reach out and touch them. But then as I started to realize you know, when I, I would miss quite often, especially closer. And I was like, you know what? Like, maybe I ought to open it up. And I actually switched to, I usually dove hunt with a modified choke now. I did say that I got a new choke. It's a dove specialized choke. It's it's actually similar to a modified, but it's an extended choke. So it's supposed to help your pattern out a little bit. We'll see. I'm going to try it out, especially if these birds are up high, but... Um, most of the time, I use a modified or improved cylinder. Sometimes I do use improved cylinder if I've noticed that the doves are flying low. I tend to ch- take my choke tubes with me in my pack because it all depends on kind of what the doves are doing for the day. You know, a lot of times we'll go in and doves are just flying high. And a lot of times we come in. The property that we're going to hunt, it has, so it's pretty slick. It has a gravel road in between two cornfields this year that then cross a creek and then the gravel road comes up and stops and it's pretty fine gravel, you know, good grit for them. And then it goes to an open pasture with a pond in the middle. And then it's all, and it's all surrounded by woods, like a 40 acre property surrounded by woods. There's pond pasture area, a lot of native grasses and stuff. And then there's another cornfield about half of it, probably 20 acres. So, it's a really good spot. There is a power line that runs like adjacent to the property. So it's not right on the property, but it's close by. So a lot of barns and stuff. So we've got pretty good roosting spot. Plus we have water, grit, grasses, corn, 
field, you know, so it's like a really good selection property, but we'll get a little bit more into that in a minute, but it really depends on the time of day on which choke I'm going to put in my gun. And it also depends on how they're flying. Everybody, everybody that dove hunts knows like they're temperamental and there's, it gets really deep into the science of weather and time of day and you know, the, the, how cloudy it is. And there's a lot that goes into it, but the main thing, if you're new at it is just go out there and watch what the doves are doing. How fast are they flying? How low are they flying? How high are they flying? Are they going to water? Are they going to grit? Just pay attention. You know what I mean? Um, don't forget, guys, Indiana guys especially, make sure your gun can't hold more than three shells. You need to have a plug in that bad boy. All your Mossbergs, your Remington 870s, <clears throat> Remington, whatever, they all hold five or more. Make sure you can only hold, hold three. If you don't know what a, a plug is, do some research on that. Check that out. That's you get in big trouble for that. So you don't you don't want to uh, you don't want to have too much capacity. And the other thing is, I it's it's kind of it's kind of to each their own. I personally am a big fan of using eight shot on doves, seven and a half or eight. Um, on private property, we usually use target round lead shot, seven and a half or eight. And I did, for those of you asking, I did double check the regulations and you can use lead shot on private ground. On DNR properties, you public ground per se, you have to use non-toxic shot for doves. So be mindful of that. You do not want to get caught on DNR property with lead shot, with lead round, lead shot rounds. Trust me. So... <clears throat> make sure you know pay attention to that but yeah i i normally use seven and a half or eight i'm i'm a quantity over quality type of guy but we have had some close range birds where that's a bad deal because it does happen every once in a while they get in a little close you have the perfect shot you take the shot and no offense to graham but i, I actually wouldn't say it's a bad thing he's really good at nailing them when they're flying fast up close but we have n- destroyed a couple and i don't want that nobody wants that so um sometimes when we hunt together one of us will run a seven and a half or an eight shot one of us will run a you know five or six shot so that's the case bigger pellets but not so many um and one thing i i know i talked about practicing shooting you know going trap or skeet shooting um, the, the one thing with doves is they're a smaller target and they fly fast, super fast. So, um, I had a guy tell me one time, if you're, if you're conti- like, if you continually miss doves, chances are you're shooting behind them. Like 90% of the time you're, you're shooting behind a dove. If you're missing it, most of the time we set up for doves to fly cr- like perpendicular to us, lead them far. Um, I got online and was reading, that you know that the suggested lead is a six foot lead, which means you need to aim at least six inches in front of the bird. Um, so six foot a lead is quite a bit, but you think I mean your barrel, your gun, once you pull the trigger and that shot leaves your gun, you gotta compensate for how long it's gonna take to get to that bird. So if they're farther away, you might wanna lead a little bit more. And if they're flying this is another tip. If they're flying, going away from you, you need to aim below them because that's your lead there. 
if they're coming at you, it also depends on if they're coming to land or if they're flying over you. So if they're coming into land, aim low. And then if they're coming at you, you want to lead them above them. Um, and I always suggest I shoot sitting down for doves 90% of the time. Most of the time I'm sitting on my stool, set up, ready for them to fly across. I'm trying to, I've got to, I practice that way. And I don't even mean, I'm not even out blowing ammo. I just sit, I sit in my stool in my barn or whatever, out in my, my, my grass area and just practice shouldering my gun, practice shoulder and aim, shoulder and aim, follow through, lead your, lead your shot. I, I try to practice all that because when it comes down to in the heat of the moment in the dove field, if you didn't practice, you're going to struggle. So why not, why not practice a little bit? I mean, we're all out here shooting our bows already. We still got a month before deer season practice for everything you're going to hunt. I love to practice shooting my 22. That helps me a ton with squirrel season. I used to have a ton of paper targets with like squirrels on them because that's what I I hunted was I hunted squirrels a lot. So practice makes perfect. Um, And you want to be able to replicate your routine. We say that a lot with bow hunting. You want to have a steady, solid, repetitive routine. And I'm talking about like your fundamentals of your shooting. Like, are you, you don't want to be sporadic. Okay. Like, oh, I hit a dove that time, but I missed the next one. Okay. What changed? What did I do wrong? Um, did I not lead? And you know, if you're, if you're consistent, you can tweak one thing at a time until you become successful at it. That's a, just like a rabbit hole we could go down, but <clears throat> make sure you're practicing. And also, I know I say this a lot, 100%, when you get to your property, if you know which way you're going to be shooting, even if you don't, look around, familiar, especially if it's a new property, familiarize yourself with what's behind where you're going to shoot. And I know we're shooting birdshot. We're slinging birdshot into the air. But you still, I don't want to be raining on the next neighbor over's cows or i don't want to be raining on his house and we've hit binging lead off his truck because i didn't think about the next property over but be mindful of your shot be mindful of the people that you're with if you're going to hunt public ground i don't care what anybody says whether you have to or you don't if i'm going to hunt public ground i'm wearing some hunter orange people are crazy some people really probably shouldn't be out there but people are crazy um and like I said, I don't, I didn't, I don't think there's any requirement of hunter orange, but by gosh, I'm going to wear it. So I wear my hunter orange on public property, even if it's just a, just a ball cap, something to let other people know where you're at, because I know people have been peppered with shot and it's not a good time. Fortunately, it's not like we're, you know, slugs, but be mindful of your shot, familiarize yourself with the property, plan on where you think the birds are going to come. Set up accordingly. Okay, which is the best direction to shoot? I know the property that we're going to hunt. There's a direction I don't like to shoot because there's a farm pretty close next to it. Would my shot raining down on that farm, the chances of it even making there, making it there are very slim. And the chances of it damaging something or hurting something are even more slim. 
but I don't want to play that game. I'm not going to shoot in that direction. It may cost me a few birds, <clears throat> but it's better than having to have the conversation with the farmer while his truck windows busted out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like I said, it's significant distance. My, the, like the, the chances of my let my shot even making it there are slim to none, but just being safe. And I'm all, and I always know where my buddy's at. Usually we're sitting pretty close to each other, side by side, something along those lines. So don't necessarily have to worry about accidentally shooting, but you got to be mindful before you pull that trigger. Know what you're aiming at. Know what's beyond. Watch out for your butt. You guys got to be thinking when you're out here. I know a lot of a lot of mistakes happen when bird hunting, waterfowl hunting, rabbit hunting, small game hunting in general. A lot of things happen because it happens fast. It's one after, you know, sometimes it's one after another. Sometimes you're not expecting it. Dove flies in, boom, take the shot, okay? You need to be prepared. And have an educated decision on which way you're going to shoot so that accidents don't happen. Don't set yourself up where you might have a buddy 50 yards down the field where you're going to be shooting over his head. You don't want to do that. Don't be setting up where your buddy's going to be shooting towards you. Be mindful out there so that you can be safe. It's the little things that count. If you're taking your kids with you, make sure they're being safe. It's your job if you have, are taking somebody, you know, a young kid hunting or something, it's your job to teach them how to be safe and make sure that they're being safe. Because I'm here to tell you, I've heard it in stories, not that I've ever been a part of it, but I've heard stories of a kid making a mistake, like accidentally peppering somebody was shot or accidentally shooting something that wasn't the right species to hunt or shooting, you know, making a mistake, guess what? The parent's going to get in just as much trouble. Probably, actually, they're probably going to get in all the trouble because it's on them. So be mindful of that. Everybody wants to take their kids out there. I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to go out and hunt and spend time out in the woods or in the field with me. But you got to teach them. Teach them to follow the rules. Teach them to do it respectfully. Teach them to do it safely. Teach them to love it. If your kid's out here getting in trouble making making mistakes and doing things they're not supposed to do when it comes to hunting and fishing, they're not going to like it because they're going to get in trouble. We don't want that. We want our kids to love it, right? So <clears throat> be mindful of that. And, and again, be safe out there. Got to be thinking all the time. My grandpa told me that in everything in life. He's like, you got to be thinking all the time. Be aware. Another thing with doves that I like to do is like, okay, so you get a you get a flock of doves headed your way. You get a, you know, say 10, 15 birds heading your way. Don't just shoot at the mass. Focus on a bird. Don't just start blasting lead at the, at the flock. It, it might work. For some guys, that probably does work. That's their strategy. So be it. But I'm telling you, if you want to increase your odds, you want to increase your probability, aim at a particular bird. Find the bird that, I mean, you're not probably going to take the time to pick the biggest, fattest, best bird, but pick a bird, shoot at it, and then if you have time, move to the next bird. Trust me on that. Get those numbers up, boys. Pump them numbers up, boys. Get your get your odds a little better in your favor. I hate coming home. It's like, well, I got five birds. It's like, all right, well, I shot 265 rounds of ammo. <laughs> it's never been that bad, but, and some days I've got better days than others. Some days I win some and some days I lose some. I've had days where I go out there and I just miss every shot I take. Well, so be it. But I continue to improve my strategies, 
improve my practicing, improve my my um, fundamentals, improve my setup, you know, spend more time paying attention to what the birds are doing, learning my property. Like there's so much that goes into it that can make you better. And I've definitely been guilty of not doing better. Some days you just rush it, but try not to do that anymore. I want to help you guys be successful too. Well, uh, that's probably all my tips and tricks for dove hunting. I think I could go on and on and on, but I promised you guys it'd be a shorter podcast, and here we are right in at 50 minutes. So we are going to move on to our Bible verse today. This one was just a Bible verse of the day. It comes out of Romans. Romans is one of my favorite books. There's so much to learn from Romans. Um, my pastor at church talks on Romans like 70% of the time. And there's like, there's, that's another rabbit hole on like, which, you know, preaching out of Romans and the intensity and the depth of Romans. So something to look into. But today our Bible verse comes from Romans 12 and that's Romans 12 two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. As I said last week, guys, never forget that God's plan has no flaws and has perfect timing. Guys, there's a lot going on. Guys, girls, kids, whoever's listening, there's a lot going on in this world. We all go through our struggles. We all go through problems in life. We all go through great high times in life, but don't forget God's plan is flawless and that's perfect timing. Keep your head up, guys. If you're struggling, give it to God. If you guys got something you want to talk about, whether that be just about life, talk about hunting, talk about religion, God's God's plan, God's mission, you know, you want to get closer to God, shoot us an email. I'd love to talk to you about it. We can talk about it in private. We can talk about it on the podcast. I don't care. I got a lot of connections out here. So um, for the last time, thank you all for coming huntinggamepodcast at gmail.com. I plugged the heck out of that one today. Hunting Game Podcast on Instagram. Check us out on Patreon, Hunting Game Podcast. A lot of good stuff getting ready to come out on that. We are working on merch. Patreons are, patrons are going to know about it first, so make sure you check that out. Guys, thank you for coming. We had a, I had a blast, even though it was just me today. So, guys, we love every single one of you. God bless every one of you. Tomorrow's a gift. Don't forget it. Get out there. Get practicing. It's really close to game time, boys and girls. We are right there in the mix. So get out there. Practice. Live it. Love it. Respect it. Be a good conservationist so we can pass it on to the next generation. We ain't done yet. You know what I mean? That's right. Have a good day, everybody. Have a blessed week, a blessed weekend. We love you. God bless. And we are out. See you next Friday, guys.